Section thirty three of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book five, chapter two. Smerdyakov with a guitar. He had no time to lose, indeed. Even while he was saying good-bye to Lise, the thought had struck him that he must attempt some stratagem to find his brother Dmitri, who was evidently keeping out of his way. It was getting late, nearly three o'clock. Alyosha's whole soul turned to the monastery, to his dying saint, but the necessity of seeing Dmitri outweighed everything. The conviction that a great inevitable catastrophe was about to happen grew stronger in Alyosha's mind with every hour what that catastrophe was and what he would say at that moment to his brother he could perhaps not have said definitely even if my benefactor must die without me anyway i won't have to reproach myself all my life with the thought that i might have saved something and did not but passed by and hastened home if i do as i intend i shall be following his great precept his plan was to catch his brother dmitri unawares to climb over the fence as he had the day before get into the garden and sit in the summer-house if dmitri were not there thought alyosha he would not announce himself to foma or the women of the house but would remain hidden in the summer-house even if he had to wait there till evening if as before dmitri were lying in wait for grushenka to come he would be very likely to come to the summer-house alyosha did not however give much thought to the details of his plan but resolved to act upon it even if it meant not getting back to the monastery that day everything happened without hindrance he climbed over the hurdle almost in the same spot as the day before and stole into the summer-house unseen he did not want to be noticed the woman of the house and foma too if he were here might be loyal to his brother and obey his instructions and so refuse to let alyosha come into the garden or might warn dmitri that he was being sought and inquired for there was no one in the summer-house alyosha sat down and began to wait he looked round the summer-house which somehow struck him as a great deal more ancient than before though the day was just as fine as yesterday it seemed a wretched little place this time there was a circle on the table left no doubt from the glass of brandy having been spilt the day before foolish and irrelevant ideas strayed about his mind as they always do in a time of tedious waiting he wondered for instance why he had sat down precisely in the same place as before why not in the other seat at last he felt very depressed depressed by suspense and uncertainty but he had not sat there more than a quarter of an hour when he suddenly heard the thrum of a guitar somewhere quite close people were sitting or had only just sat down somewhere in the bushes not more than twenty paces away alyosha suddenly recollected that on coming out of the summer-house the day before he had caught a glimpse of an old green low garden seat among the bushes on the left by the fence the people must be sitting on it now who were they a man's voice suddenly began singing in a sugary falsetto accompanying himself on the guitar 
with invincible force i am bound to my dear o lord have mercy on her and on me on her and on me on her and on me the voice ceased it was a lackey's tenor and a lackey's song another voice a woman's suddenly asked insinuatingly and bashfully though with mincing affectation why haven't you been to see us for so long pavel fyodorovitch why do you always look down upon us not at all answered a man's voice politely but with emphatic dignity it was clear that the man had the best of the position and that the woman was making advances i believe the man must be smerdyakov thought alyosha from his voice and the lady must be the daughter of the house here who has come from moscow the one who wears the dress with a tail and goes to marfa for soup i am awfully fond of verses of all kinds if they rhyme the woman's voice continued why don't you go on the man sang again what do i care for royal wealth if but my dear one be in health lord have mercy on her and on me on her and on me on her and on me it was even better last time observed the woman's voice you sang if my darling be in health it sounded more tender i suppose you've forgotten to-day poetry is rubbish said smerdyakov curtly oh no i am very fond of poetry so far as it's poetry it's essential rubbish consider yourself whoever talks in rhyme and if we were all to talk in rhyme even though it were decreed by government we shouldn't say much should we poetry is no good maria kondrachevna how clever you are how is it you've gone so deep into everything the woman's voice was more and more insinuating i could have done better than that i could have known more than that if it had not been for my destiny from my childhood up i would have shot a man in a duel if he called me names because i am descended from a filthy beggar and have no father and they used to throw it in my teeth in moscow it had reached them from here thanks to grigory vasilievich grigory vasilievich blames me for rebelling against my birth but i would have sanctioned their killing me before i was born that i might not have come into the world at all they used to say in the market and your mamma too with great lack of delicacy set off telling me that her hair was like a mat on her head and that she was short of five foot by a wee bit why oh, talk of a wee bit why well, she might have said a little bit like everyone else she wanted to make it touching a regular peasant's feeling can a russian peasant be said to feel in comparison with an educated man he can't be said to have feeling at all in his ignorance from my childhood up when i hear a wee bit i am ready to burst with rage i hate all russia maria kondrachevna if you'd been a cadet in the army or a young hussar you wouldn't have talked like that but would have drawn your sabre to defend all russia i don't want to be a hussar maria kondrachevna and what's more i should like to abolish all soldiers and when an enemy comes who is going to defend us there's no need of defence in eighteen twelve there was a great invasion of russia by napoleon first emperor of the french father of the present one and it would have been a good thing if they had conquered us a clever nation would have conquered a very stupid one and annexed it 
we should have had quite different institutions are they so much better in their own country than we are i wouldn't change a dandy i know of for three young englishmen observed maria kondrachevna tenderly doubtless accompanying her words with a most languishing glance that's as one prefers but you are just like a foreigner just like a most gentlemanly foreigner i tell you that though it makes me bashful if you care to know the folks there and ours here are just alike in their vice they are swindlers only there the scoundrel wears polished boots and here he grovels in filth and sees no harm in it the russian people want thrashing as fyodor pavlovitch said very truly yesterday though he is mad and all his children you said yourself you had such a respect for ivan fyodorovitch but he said i was a stinking lackey he thinks that i might be unruly he is mistaken there if i had a certain sum in my pocket i would have left here long ago dmitri fyodorovitch is lower than any lackey in his behaviour in his mind and in his poverty he doesn't know how to do anything and yet he is respected by everyone i may be only a soup-maker but with luck i could open a cafe restaurant in petrovka in moscow for my cookery is something special and there's no one in moscow except the foreigners whose cookery is anything special dmitri fyodorovitch is a beggar but if he were to challenge the son of the first count in the country he'd fight him though in what way is he better than i am for he is ever so much stupider than i am look at the money he has wasted without any need it must be lovely a duel maria kondrachevna observed suddenly how so it must be so dreadful and so brave especially when young officers with pistols in their hands pop at one another for the sake of some lady a perfect picture ah if only girls were allowed to look on i'd give anything to see one it's all very well when you are firing at someone but when he is firing straight in your mug you must feel pretty silly you'd be glad to run away maria kondrachevna you don't mean you would run away but smerdyakov did not deign to reply after a moment's silence the guitar tinkled again and he sang again in the same falsetto whatever you may say i shall go far away life will be bright and gay in the city far away i shall not grieve i shall not grieve at all i don't intend to grieve at all then something unexpected happened alyosha suddenly sneezed they were silent alyosha got up and walked towards them he found Smerdyakov dressed up and wearing polished boots, his hair pomaded and perhaps curled. The guitar lay on the garden seat. His companion was the daughter of the house, wearing a light blue dress with a train two yards long. She was young and would not have been bad-looking but that her face was so round and terribly freckled. "'Will my brother Dmitri soon be back?' asked Alyosha, with as much composure as he could smerdyakov got up slowly maria kondrachevna rose too how am i to know about dmitri fyodorovitch it's not as if i were his keeper answered smerdyakov quietly distinctly and superciliously but i simply asked whether you do know alyosha explained 
i know nothing of his whereabouts and don't want to but my brother told me that you let him know all that goes on in the house and promised to let him know when agrafena alexandrovna comes smerdyakov turned a deliberate unmoved glance upon him and how did you get in this time since the gate was bolted an hour ago he asked looking at alyosha i came in from the back alley over the fence and went straight to the summer-house i hope you'll forgive me he added addressing maria kondrachevna i was in a hurry to find my brother ach as though we could take it amiss in you drawled maria kondrachevna flattered by alyosha's apology for dmitri fyodorovitch often goes to the summer-house in that way we don't know he is here and he is sitting in the summer-house i am very anxious to find him or to learn from you where he is now believe me it's on business of great importance to him he never tells us lisped maria kondrachevna though i used to come here as a friend smerdyakov began again dmitri fyodorovitch has pestered me in a merciless way even here by his incessant questions about the master what news he'll ask what's going on in there now who's coming and going and can't i tell him something more twice already he's threatened me with death with death alyosha exclaimed in surprise do you suppose he'd think much of that with his temper which you had a chance of observing yourself yesterday he says if i let agrafena alexandrovna in and she passes the night there i'll be the first to suffer for it i am terribly afraid of him and if i were not even more afraid of doing so i ought to let the police know god only knows what he might not do his honour said to him the other day i'll pound you in a mortar added maria kondrachevna oh if it's pounding in a mortar it may be only talk observed alyosha if i could meet him i might speak to him about that too well the only thing i can tell you is this said smerdyakov as though thinking better of it i am here as an old friend and neighbor and it would be odd if i didn't come on the other hand ivan fyodorovitch sent me first thing this morning to your brother's lodging in lake street without a letter but with a message to dmitri fyodorovitch to go to dine with him at the restaurant here in the market-place i went but didn't find dmitri fyodorovitch at home though it was eight o'clock he's been here but he is quite gone those were the very words of his landlady it's as though there was an understanding between them perhaps at this moment he is in the restaurant with ivan fyodorovitch for ivan fyodorovitch has not been home to dinner and fyodor pavlovitch dined alone an hour ago and is gone to lie down but i beg you most particularly not to speak of me and of what i have told you for he'd kill me for nothing at all brother ivan invited dmitri to the restaurant to-day repeated alyosha quickly that's so the metropolis tavern in the market-place the very same that's quite likely cried alyosha much excited thank you smerdyakov that's important i'll go there at once don't betray me smerdyakov called after him oh no i'll go to the tavern as though by chance don't be anxious but wait a minute i'll open the gate to you cried maria kondrachevna no it's a short cut i'll get over the fence again 
what he had heard threw alyosha into great agitation he ran to the tavern it was impossible for him to go into the tavern in his monastic dress but he could inquire at the entrance for his brothers and call them down but just as he reached the tavern a window was flung open and his brother ivan called down to him from it alyosha can't you come up here to me i shall be awfully grateful to be sure i can only i don't quite know whether in this dress but i am in a room apart come up the steps i'll run down to meet you a minute later alyosha was sitting beside his brother ivan was alone dining End of section 33